G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. On a Thursday, we like to check in with Family Voice Australia. The State Director for New South Wales and the ACT is Greg Bonda. Greg's back with us. Hi, Greg. Welcome back to 2020. Oh, delighted to be back, Neil. Thank you. Well, Greg, you tuned in for the first leaders' debate last night between ScoMo and Albo, uh, televised from the Gabba in Brisbane. I wonder if you've got any overall impressions on how you thought the the leaders performed. Well, that was interesting, Neil, because I had my parish council meeting last night, and uh, and the leaders, and I think the parish council was better than the leaders' uh, debate, Neil. I have to tell you, uh, <laughs> I think we achieved more. Um, the issue I have with the debate was, Neil, that really I didn't see any great difference between policy between either party. Um, one of the things that uh, debates tend to create, Neil, is that um, you know the, the the left goes right, and the, and the right wing parties tend to go left to try and appease people, but. I actually didn't see much difference between either party in terms of policy. The main items, of course, for me were the national security, asylum seekers and the NDIS, which is an issue. So, you know, while Christians, there was nothing for Christians in terms of um, uh, issues that we as Christians would expect. But uh, even as Christians, we've got to look at our economy, our social system and our welfare and our economy, our defence. So, look, there's, there's a lot in it, but... I didn't see much difference between policies, Neil. No, that's one of the big criticisms. And as you say, uh, the left goes right and the right goes left and everyone tries to be everybody's friend. And uh, along with other commentators, I suspect too, yes, both leaders were playing it safe. Uh, Some have said they were delivering a lot of pre-rehearsed lines. Uh, It really comes down to, uh, you know, people started talking about the impression they had of the character and which one was warmer and uh, which one uh, had their head around the facts. And, of course, uh, ScoMo sort of came up on top with the facts, but uh, lots of commentators were saying that Albo was somewhat warmer or passionate uh, in that. So any thoughts around the way they delivered those sorts of uh, impressions they had on policy? Yeah, that's an interesting observation, because, as you know, American politics, you end up voting for the person rather than the actual party. Uh, and, and in this regard, you know, you either voted for, for, for you know, um, Biden or you voted for Trump. Uh, you vote for the person. I think Australia's becoming a bit like that at all. People are now looking at, at Albo and they're looking at uh, ScoMo and they're saying, OK, which of the two do I sort of warm to? The, the issue here is, I think, that, you know, we need to make sure that these... Uh, People are really presenting what the electorate wants to hear. Um, from my perspective, you know, as I said, having been there and looked at all this, the issue that we need to, to, to keep in mind is which one of these leaders is going to have a party that will present the best available opportunities for mums, for dads, uh, and also, I think, you know, not just from a religious perspective, but from an economic perspective. You know, people keep telling me, always talk about religion. Well, I'm not, never going to shy away from that. But I also have a mortgage. I've got family. I've got bills to pay. So I also look at what 
do the parties offer me from an economic, social and a visionary perspective. So like you, I thought they were pretty much playing it safe. Um, I think the NDIS is an issue that uh, uh, sort of raised its head. But uh, in particular, I was impressed with the discussion on the China security issue because, um, you know, ScoMo um, accused Albo of being, you know, pro-China and then uh, Albo says to ScoMo, well, you guys lost Solomon Islands deal, you know. So it's tit for tat sometimes. But, Neil, it's very interesting. It's early days. And uh, these debates are really um, one of, you know, who did you like the best in terms of performance? I think everyone thought that Scoma, uh, uh, Alba won with 40 votes, Morrison on 35, but now the key issue for us will be the 25 undecided. In other words, there are a lot of people in the electorate now who are undecided, and it's early days, another four or five weeks to go yet now. Yes, well, uh, I, th- I know that Aussies, we like a, a fairly even uh, sort of distribution of votes coming up to an election. Mm. And uh, and with such a poor performance last week, uh, I know there's a lot of people, even like the sympathy vote for Albo, uh, hoping mm. he gets up and doesn't, uh, you know, make some of the gaffes that he made in the first week. And uh, I, I can't help but uh, note some of the commentary around the thought of some level of restored credibility and Putting Albo back in the race, being in the uh, in the uh, the debate last night, uh, holding his own yeah. against the PM. Any thoughts mm. on on the fact yep. that he had a dreadful first week, lots of gaffes yep. uh, that were really awful things that uh, uh, dreadful mistakes you wouldn't expect. But uh, is he back? Do you think uh, with yeah. you know on an even playing field? Look, I think so, Neil. I mean, <clears throat> everybody expected, and I think you've alluded to this. Everyone expected Albo to be getting into those gotcha moments again, you know, where you forget something. But I actually think, um, trying to be objective, neither leaders made any mistakes, really. Uh, Albo, I think everyone expected him to, to sort of, you know, well, well, he's going to, you know, get this wrong. But he didn't. He did well. And, um, I, you know, the commentators are saying, well, he, he didn't make a mistake. So I think they're on neck and neck at the moment in terms of the policies. I think Albo did well. Scott Morrison, of course, I think did ex- exceptionally well as uh, in, in terms of his uh, standard. But one of the problems he has is trying to make good his last three years, and then Albanese has to make good the next three years if he wins. So you know they've got two different issues facing them now. Okay, well let's move on. A sort of related issue it didn't come up in last night's debate, uh, but there's some issues around. Uh, women in sport and uh, the sorts of agendas that are running and uh, simmering along. And in fact, uh, you've had your own brush here because Family Voice has yeah. been cancelled by Facebook over uh, a particular issue here. Uh, what's happened with uh, with your uh, being cancelled? Yeah, look, Neil, as you know, I'm always on about wokeism and cancel culture. And what do we get? Family Voice gets cancelled for 24 hours because in using the words of Facebook... <laughs> This is because you previously posted something that didn't follow our community standards. Well, that's an interesting phrase because community standards would support what we were saying. And all we did, Neil, was reproduce a tweet from somebody else. And the tweet said about Catherine Deves, the the, um, candidate for Warringah, it said, so who are the real bigots here? Read the vile abuse Catherine Deves has copped for daring to oppose trans women competing against females, with feral activists calling her vermin, who should be set on fire. So we reproduced that. I mean, 
here are the people that want to be inclusive and, and all caring, having a go at Catherine Deves for speaking her mind. We posted that tweet. Guess what? We got cancelled because obviously we reproduced something that Facebook or whatever did not agree with. So this is a sad day for free speech in Australia now. We've been talking about this uh, for the last year, uh, issues around the trans agenda and women in sport, and now it's come into mainstream debate. Uh, You've got the Prime Minister who has praised Catherine Deves uh, for her advocacy for women in Mm. sport. Uh, I wonder if you've got any thoughts on both sides where they stand on this issue. Well, Neil, I am very strict on this. I do not think... Catherine Deves ought to be disendorsed. She needs to stay where she is and let the electorate decide. Uh, if we start pandering to the left and start disendorsing candidates, we have lost the whole concept of democracy, Neil. So I am all for her. I let the electorate decide. Uh, she's worked very closely with Claire Chandler, as you know, with her bill, which I think is a marvellous bill. I mean, really, Neil, really. There are only males and females. I don't care what kind of concept you have about yourself, but there are only biological males and females. Let's not confuse the two when we're playing sport. So, Neil, you know, I'm all for her, but in defending her, why do we get cancelled? So it's a real issue, and we've got to make sure that uh, we keep the good fight up, Neil. Uh, Voices on the left saying, so far as trans in sport, uh, get used to it. Uh, But, of course, Senator Chandler's bill, uh, it's Mm. been introduced to Parliament in February, hasn't been debated and voted on yet. Uh, So that will be something we'll need to wait until after the election. And that might have... So the outcome of uh, a vote on that bill would be dependent on who wins wins the government uh, at the election. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I did read the other day that uh, uh, Anthony Albanese actually supported the fact that uh, non-biological uh, men, you know, uh, men who are acting to be females should not be allowed to play in single-sex sports. So he has come out in favour of saying that, but you're quite right. The issue will be, do we support Claire Chandler's bill, which really says that single-sex sport should be um, for single-sex biological males or females? And it, it's not discriminatory if you say no to a male who wants to be in a uh, in a female swimming team or golf team or whatever it might be, Neil. So I'm all for Claire Chandler's bill. I think it makes common sense and it's the way we should be heading uh, in, in such a society where really women value their skills and men value theirs. You know. uh, well, it will be a strong election issue and uh, that'll be interesting to keep following that along. In fact, it's one of the things that will get talked about so far as uh, transgender issues go, but there's a whole lot of things that are happening in an undercurrent behind the scenes, books and movies for children, and uh, Greg, you're uh, you're promoting some ideas that suggest there's a a hidden threat to families in what's going on uh, in books and movies. I look very quickly, Neil. I am absolutely... Appalled. I, I had our granddaughter and her son and his wife visit us uh, during Easter at our uh, in the Blue Mountains, and uh, I got to read to my two-year-old granddaughter now. And for whatever reason, she, she just had a birthday, and obviously people bought presents. But I happened to pick up a book, and I started reading to her. Next minute, Neil, I find out now this is Bob and John looking after their newborn. I said, "Beg your pardon." 
I said to my little daughter, my granddaughter, Daisy, I said, look, let's forget about that. Let's turn the page, you know, um, because what's happening is now these children's books, and I did some research quickly, there are so many children's books out there, Neil, that are ap- absolutely pushing this trans- transgender ideology. Books like Julian is a Mermaid, which tells you that you can have be any sex regardless of your body or the clothes you wear. Another book called I Am Jazz, Gender is a Spectrum, Not Binary. And this one here, what an, what, What's an Abortion Anyway?, which is packed with pro-abortion propaganda and saying that people of all gender get pregnant. Neil, give me a break, please. And this is what out there at the book and in the shelves of children books. We've got to be very careful now. I think uh, the thought that parents need to be eternally vigilant and especially around what is shaping their own children's values. Mm. Uh, what are your thoughts for parents? And uh, I mean, you know, we might be able to point to some historic uh, classics that might uh, just give a good impression. Uh, you know, a scientifically, uh, biologically mm. uh, aligned Christian perspective. But uh, any thoughts here for parents in the sorts of things they might select? Yeah, yes, Neil, I do. Look, I, look, you need to keep away from children's books that have got titles like Heather Has Two Mums, My Two Mothers and Me, The Girl with Two Dads, The Tale of Two Daddies. Keep away from them. And you know what? Pick up some good classic books like C.S. Lewis, the Narnia series. Now, they are wonderful books, and I'm looking forward to reading those to my granddaughter when she gets a bit older, which really talk about stories and life rather than this pro-LGBTIQA ideology, Neil. So, you know, let's let kids be kids. Let's read them real stories, not, not propaganda now. Okay, and just uh, we're going to be talking men over the next uh, little more than an hour on 2020 today, and uh, you've had your own thoughts about men and uh, identity being under attack. I know you've been a guest on the program that's hosted by our two mm. guests who'll be joining me very, very shortly, but uh, men's uh, roles, uh, Christian men, uh, their identity under attack, this is another big dimension to look out for. Yeah, no, I'm working very closely on a project here. I'm going to try and look at uh, launching a campaign to get these Christian men to identify what the issues that they are really facing in a society and in a changing world. For example, Neil, I did some quick research and um, men tend to be very, very negative about their masculinity and uh, practising Christian men seem to be opting for uh, the negative option. For example... Uh, you know, research about do you feel threatened or hopeful? Most of them feel threatened. Asked whether they're endangered or thriving as a male, they're saying they're endangered. Asked whether they were confused or violent about their sexuality, some said they were confused with all this propaganda coming out. So, Neil, there are real issues, and men, I think, need to uh, identify as biological males. And I think, Neil, the church has a real role here through their pastors, through their Bible study groups, their growth groups, through their um, men's groups, that you know they need to make sure that they are helping them in in their journey to manhood, and especially with the young generation men that are coming through. The, the pressures that they face now is tremendous. So I'm all for you know advancing men's ministry, and I value the work that uh, uh, being done by those two guests that you're going to have on very soon, Des and. Uh, 
and I think the and Tim, the, the, yeah. Tim, yeah, Des and Tim are very, very good. I was on their program, Neil, and I spoke about pornography and the values of family, and they're available on their website at the moment. Those recordings. So, Neil, men need to step up. They need to understand the challenges that they're facing because they are really, really getting confused about their identity, their vacation, their well-being, their church engagement. And I'm just going to make sure that uh, there are plenty of resources that I'm going to be working on to make sure men can have access to these. You know? And, of course, spiritual maturity for men as Christians usually comes via their local church. Uh, you're oh. even an advocate for churches needing some form of guidebook for leaders who want to have a greater impact on men. How do you think that might happen? Yeah, I think, look, it's very, very easy. I think that we have a guidebook, you know, in terms of, you know, uh, let's get growth groups going with men only. Let's make sure that we engage with men. Because as we spoke about some time ago, Neil, men are very reluctant to engage at the church level on their identity, on their vocation, on their well-being, the issues that they face. When I spoke to Tim and Des on pornography, that's one of the biggest issues men face at the moment. But they're, they're not going to talk about that at their local church coffee meeting after after Sunday service. So we need to establish some sort of guidebook procedures that allows men to express and, and open up their hearts and say, look, I'm struggling with this, I'm struggling with my marriage, I'm struggling with my alcoholism, my gambling or my pornography or my job. And let's talk about it. And you know what? Scripture has an answer to how to be a man in this modern world, you know. Well, we can talk men. Uh, let's just give a quick note about women because you've got the Mother of the Year Awards uh, coming up. They're going to be announced on the 6th of May. Uh, exciting times ahead. A new Mother of the Year about to be named. Oh, you bet. And I can't tell you obviously yet, Neil, but I will. I'm going to announce it on your show because it'll be on a Thursday. And um, and we're going to release it. But we've got a mother, grandmother, and a young mother of the of the year. And we've got some wonderful entries coming in. So I'm hoping you'll be surprised. But again, uh, we are looking at mothers that have contributed to the welfare of their family, their children. So looking forward to announcing those. Um, yeah, in a few weeks now. Fabulous stuff. And Greg Bonda, Family Voice Australia State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. Let me point listeners to familyvoice.org.au. That's the website of Family Voice Australia, familyvoice.org.au. Greg, thanks so much for the update today on 2020. God bless, Neil. Cheers. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.